Hello, everyone, and welcome to the North American Irish Coaches Show. Tonight, we have Brendan Teeling. Uh, Brendan works for the Vancouver Whitecaps and is originally from uh, County Mead. Brendan, how are you? How's things in Canada? Yeah, good. Thanks very much. Uh, the snow has come early this year, so yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're uh, we're warming it up here in Memphis as we go. But um, obviously, uh, crazy times, Brendan. Hope you're keeping well up there. I mean, it's you know lockdowns back home in Ireland, so we're we're thinking about all those people at the moment, and 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 hope they're all staying strong through this uh, as well. So, Brendan, tell us um, tell us about yourself. So obviously, um, from Mead. Uh, Living in Canada, had a bit of a stop in the States. Um, so take us back yeah. to where you're from. I'll go back to kind of the roots, I suppose. Um, so obviously, small town, County Mead, Bellies Town. Um, grew up there, went to school basically in Drogheda. You know, you played local club, played with your school. And then basically, when I turned 18, you know, I went on and, and did my university and all the rest. But you know, I did a little bit of time there with Draw the United. Then I went to the United Churches League. Had very much a basic career, nothing special. I wasn't very good at all. Um, and then, you know, I did a bit of traveling. And that's kind of how we started anyway. So, grew up in Mead, playing, you know, playing for the local clubs. At what point did the, you know, did the passion come for the for coaching and and um, you know, when 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 did that start, and how did you, how did you end up where you are? Take us through the journey from from uh, the start yeah, of interest so in coaching to now. Basically, it stems like obviously I, I love playing, and I played. You know, like went went through kind of, you know, played with the local club, and then went into draw the United. You know, did a year there, and then you know get cut, and you go and play with your local club again. And you know, I was I was playing up in Dublin a little bit, and then I went back to Leinster Senior League, but. What really stemmed was I was I was in university and uh, my second year we had to do a, you know a coaching like we had to do an internship and basically I wanted to go out to the states to do a summer you know coaching camps and all the rest so I ended up signing up for the Kickstart one and the Kickstart two and that's basically where it started um, you know I think I went into Scaries and it was just very basic coaching just fun games to start off with and then. You know, from there, that's just it was just to get out to the to to the states for a summer to get an experience rather than stay at home and do an internship at home and not get paid. You know, and the yeah. um, from there, you know, I saw it as a real opportunity then to like I finished my degree obviously, but I saw it as an opportunity to get out to the states and then do more coaching and see the world as well while I'm doing it. And that's that's kind of what happened. But when in terms of actually falling in love with coaching. I think it was when I went back to do my UA for B there and you know I met yourself on the on the course and that's where I really kind of figured like this is where this is what I want to do kind of for the rest of my life. Um and at that stage I was still work I was working kind of a, a normal job. You know, I was working with Enterprise Rent-A-Car and then I moved into you know I was coaching in the evenings, but from there it was like I need to get into coaching full time and that was kind of where it really really started. So Brennan, you've mentioned uh, your first coaching your coaching badges, what you've kind of gone through education-wise, um, kind of what, 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 what stuck with you from those um, courses that you're now kind of using or, or how have those courses kind of helped you say, look, at, I really do want, like the coaching and I do enjoy it? Yeah, so, um, you know, I did, I did do, obviously, back home it was, it was the Kickstart 1, Kickstart 2, the youth surf. And from there, like, it was it – was, Kickstart one and Kickstart two is kind of like just basic coaching. At the time, I was still playing, and you know, I, you know, you've got those dreams of going on and playing whatever it is, whether it's semi-pro or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But from there, like it was the youth cert that really kind of opened my eyes to like the process of coaching and the different principles and how you apply it. Um, so yeah, and then when you when when I went on to do the way for B because there was a big gap. I think it was like four, five or six years between that. Uh, it had changed. It was all about competencies, you know, about you know you've got to meet a certain competency or level to 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 pass a certain part of the course, um, and that's kind of the the evolvement of I think of that. I did do uh, my NSCAA Advanced National Diploma at one stage. Um, I went to Florida for that, and I flew across. And, you know, that was slightly different. It was, it was kind of a less stressful kind of way in, in the term. It wasn't like just pass or fail. Um, and even seeing the difference between, the, you know, the, the American kind of coaching route or whatever it is, because there's obviously the, the U.S. license side as well. But that's kind of like, it was kind of nice to see that the difference between the two. Um, and then from now, even with the UEFA A, you know, you're, you're expecting it to be one way when then you go in and it's completely different to what you expected. Um, and, and a lot of the learning is based on yourself and going away and researching it, you know. How did you, how did you um, enjoy, enjoy the courses? I mean, most people go to them and say, look, I'm going to hopefully meet some people, which you did. You met Enda um, and yeah. probably other great people. How, what, what, what takeaways from the course did you really enjoy? Because you've talked about, you've been you doing like, um, over five not, years. I'm not going to lie to you. Like going in and uh, putting yourself in an environment where there's other coaches and, you know, they're judging you, you know, when you get on the field and you're doing your session. It's, yeah. it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. But, you know, like on our B license end, there was, you know, was Sean St. Ledger, I think, was on it. You know, there was Liam Lawrence. There was a couple of, you know, high-profile players. For me, it was great just even sitting with them and having a pint with them and, you know, like just bouncing some ideas off them or they're telling you stories about them in the academies and whatever else. And it's, you know, that was kind of a nice part. And then obviously networking with, with different coaches from around the world. There was a couple of English lads in ours. You know, there was lads in, from the States that had come back across, you know, even Canada. Um, so it, it was really nice, you know, in that sense, the networking side, you know, and the camaraderie and, and that sort of thing on the field. And, you know, while you're doing your assignments, that's what I really enjoyed anyway. In terms of the tutors as well, by the way, like I, I was really, really impressed with the tutors and, you know, Niall O'Regan, uh, which I know you guys are pretty familiar with and pretty, you know, you're in good relationship with. Thought it was brilliant. Like the way they brought it through, Jay O'Donoghue, you know, Colin O'Brien, Tom Mullen, like, Jim McGuinness, like they're all brilliant, or not Jim McGuinness, sorry. Um, the under-21 under Yeah, yeah, great guy. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, Lo, that, that was great as well. Like, and, and, you know, some of the stuff that they went through and how they, you know, the tutor demonstrations, I think they are pretty strong and pretty, you know, that's what you want to see. That's what you kind of sign up to, to do, you know. Yeah, so, Brendan, you moved to Canada to do a master's. It was in sports science, right, or x-ray science? Yeah, like, I, I did. So, what, what happened was I did do two summers in the States. One was with, um, you know, coast-to-coast -coast soccer, which is very much yeah. summer camp company. And then the other one was with UK Elite. I think they changed to steel soccer or something now. Yeah. Um, and I did a summer, you know, first one was in California. Second one was in um, New Jersey, Seattle, and then back to Philadelphia. So, it was great in that sense. And then... You know, I, I did a year in Australia where I played and then I coached with a club, uh, with a company called Total Football Academy. Um, and that was kind of a mixture of community stuff, but then also working with teams. Uh, and from there, I went back home and I was working, you know, a normal job in the airport, Dublin Airport, I think at the time. And I was coaching with Malahide, I think, as well, just with, on the girls' side. But I wanted to get back into coaching or some sort of sports science sort of a thing. So I'd applied, uh, I actually I think it was with Peter. Yeah. And, and 
it was Peter's company, I think it was Soccer Scout USA or something along those lines. And I got in touch with him. And eventually, because of my age, I was a little bit older, I was 24. Um, I got recruited by a club or for a university in Windsor, Ontario, which is right in the border of Michigan. Um, you know, and that's, that's kind of the recruitment process. I went to Bangor and I played two games, I think. And from there, the coach was like, I want you to come over. And that was it. Um, so I, it was double, a double-edged sword. I went over to do, obviously, my master's degree um, in kinesiology, but I was also getting to play two, you know, two years at least with, uh, you know, with, with, with the university level and seeing what it's like there. And, you know, you hear of all the boys going across to the States and the experience. So it was great for me in that sense, you know? Yeah, so sports science degree, moving to Canada, you land in Canada, like we've all, we've all you know, the immigration part of it. What's the first thing you kind of noticed about, you know, playing football in Canada and, um, or coaching football in Canada? What was the first things that started to stand out to you about the football in Canada when you arrived in Ontario? When I arrived, when I arrived in Windsor, um, you know, the first thing that stood out to me was the facilities that they had, you know, big stadium, even for them, like it's, it's, it doesn't seem big, but for me, it was going in and it was like, you know, my eyes were lit up kind of in a sense, um, you know, the side of the stadium, the facilities, you know, you have your, you know, indoor, you've got your gym, you've got all that sort of stuff. So that was the first thing that kind of sprung out to me. It was like the facilities, um, which I thought was great. And then when I actually got on the field and I was playing, you know, it was, it was still okay. It was a decent level, um, you know, just bigger athletes and kind of more athletic kind of players. So that's what I know was straight off. Yeah, and then so I, I, you started to coach in, in Windsor on the so that's kind of the playing side of it. You were like, you know, with that. What about the coaching side of it and the football in that area? So so basically, there was a local club, La Salle Stompers, there, um, and the head coach of the actual the men's side, like Steve Hart, he just invited us to to coach at the academy, and that's kind of like where I, where you know I was, I was getting into the game, I suppose, a little bit, and then he would give me different assignments with different teams at the club. And, and that was kind of my way in. Uh, from there, my second year, when I, when I did graduate from the program, um, you know, I did the master's in the kinesiology and sports science. I got a job offer back in Australia with Perth, in, in Perth uh, with Coburn City Soccer Club. And it was basically a technical director role with U18 head coach in the MPL, um, you know, level. So I had to take it. And, and I went back to Australia from there. Uh, so I did have a bit of a gap from, you know, Canada soccer and then back over to Australia and then back into Canada soccer. And when I did eventually come back in 2018 or 2017, um, they had just, I just started the, I think Tecumseh Soccer Club had just got a, a license for the OPDL, which is basically like the USBA level, I suppose, um, in Canada. So I, I was thrown straight into the deep end there in the sense of if that, you know, the license you required to do a certain amount of paperwork and all the rest. So that was kind of like my way back in to coaching over there in Canada, you know. And what was the, what did you notice about the level in Canadian football when you like from obviously coaching in Ireland and the US? What's, what how was it up? How was it in that area? It was it was pretty strong. There was you know we were we had a close connection with you uh, in 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 you know Michigan with Detroit. Detroit City would play against us once or twice a year, and you know our better players would probably be stemming through through to that system. Obviously, you've got the US Development Academy as well. So there was players that were traveling across the border to play with, you know, Michigan yeah. Wolves or, or Varda or whoever it is in Michigan. Yeah. So, you know, there, there was some very good players there, definitely some very good talents in Windsor. Um, it was just a matter of, you know, we, we were always fighting uphill against the Toronto or the bigger city, London, Ontario. So that was always the way. Um, 
And now the, the strength of that area is, is improved second to none. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. No, it seems to be kicking off big time up there. So take us back. We, we, we did the UEFA B together. Um, and, and then you went on and did the A license. Um, yeah. Talk to us about your UEFA B and A pathway with the FAI and how it shaped you as a coach. I mean, obviously, we shared the B license together, which I, I, I thought it was fantastic. But talk to us about your experiences, uh, not only with the B, but then the A, obviously, it was, it was a big month. Of work. Yeah, so the UEFA B was, um, you know, the introductory into that kind of level of coaching in the terms of actually getting licensed at it, you know, like you're, you're working with senior teams or, you know, you 14 up academy teams or yourself, you know, in the university game in the States. So it was like, it was a real, you know, breath of fresh air, really, in a sense, you know, like you're coming in and, you know, the facilities, by the way, a photo, we did at a photo island and the yeah. facilities there were fantastic. You know, you're at the hotel, you walk down to the golf club, that's where you're doing your classroom and then you go down to the fields and the fields are, you know, fantastic like they're they're you know international level nearly um you know and, and going in there that was that was kind of the the idea obviously daunting going against other coaches some of them play like coaching academy level in england or whatever you know so they're always you're always on your toes i suppose in that sense but some of the discussions we had on the b and the a brilliant like absolutely brilliant we're in there and you know you're getting to to ask questions of colin o'brien a question and answer session with him and you 17s and how they did and all that and the preparations and that for me was was second, like that was that was class. Um, so you know the A license then was another step up in the sense. I think for the B license you're just looking at phases of play up to nine v nine, and you're looking at different you know different types of phases of play or small side or eleven or nine v nine games that you'd use to kind of bring out bring that out in the game. Um, with with the A license you're then moving into you know eleven v eleven and how you'd coach an eleven v eleven game if you had a senior international you know if you a senior team or whatever it is. Um, and bringing that, bringing different functions and stuff into the game, and then bringing it out again. One of my fondest memories was actually seeing Damien Duff perform like a session. And to be fair, it was on wing wing play, uh, so <laughs> why did that complain? You know, he probably knew it inside out. But it, for me, that was absolutely valuable. And then him being so humble, he just he literally joined in every single session. Then for the A license guys, you know, doing their their practice attempts. Um, so like for me, that was that was brilliant. That was class. Uh, very down to earth and then you know like you have Andy Coe who's on the B license and he was coming in doing his you know his philosophy playing philosophy and you know it was different and everyone's is kind of different in that sense so you know it was great and and the, the tutors did a great job in terms of making it not as probably pressurized as it was before yeah. where it was pass fail in one exam and now it's a bit more continuous learning you know you might get a competency and match analysis but then you know you're not ready on the field so you go away for two or three months and then you you do your competency, you may video it or whatever, and then you bring it back to them and then they'll let decide again. So, you know, it's, it's, it has changed a lot. And I think, you know, it's for the better. And, and Niall O'Regan and the boys in there have done a great job. Brendan, if I was to put you on the spot and say, what are, what's one thing you took away from your pathway all the way through the FAI, all the way up to the A license? Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, what would one thing be? If you were to think, Right, I took that away from it, and that—that's gonna. Re I'm gonna take that with me. I always remember that, you know. Yeah, um, you know, in the sense of like the actual structure of it, and you know, I, I thought for me in terms of like how you'd lay out a session or how you you'd plan a session was really really key, and that was that was one of the ones I take away myself. Um, in terms of, I'm just trying to think. Um, 
you know, Jay, Jay has a couple of things in terms of how you play out against a high press and, you know, you know, he has the swing one, the swing two and yeah, yeah, yeah. those those little things that he did and I think he actually has it on his Twitter feed as well. Like he's got a copy of it with the Irish under 15s. But those two in particular, you can nearly bring it into any any team and that's like a method of playing out from the back and I thought that was brilliant. So going to uh, now with, with Vancouver Whitecaps, um, how, how, what is your role? Explain to us what your role is. So um, I came in, I was in, uh, I came into Vancouver Whitecaps in July of 2019. Um, and basically I was, I was hired as the associate head coach for this area in, Cran in Cranbrook um, and it's in BC obviously. So we, so Whitecaps have academy centers basically all around the country. Um, and it goes from like, you know, Vancouver, mainland, all the way to, you know, to Prince George, all the way across to Nova Scotia. And they've got different academy centers. Um, and I'm just the associate head coach for this particular academy center. With that, we do have technical contracts with the local clubs here. So I would have been the technical director for that club as well. And what would your day-to-day -day look like? So basically, uh, Mondays would have meetings. Um, obviously, this all changed. Well, it all changed kind of with the COVID kind of nightmare. And, you know, we were very lucky in the fact that Whitecaps backed us and, you know, kept us in, on the payroll and all the rest. Um, but on general, you know, we'd be in the office or like, like I'd be doing my office work at home or whatever in the morning and then, you know, get ready for, you know, planning your sessions or we'd, we'd have like a curriculum to follow. You'd, you'd be looking at that, you know, three o'clock and then we'd be on the field from four o'clock, maybe, you know, till eight o'clock in terms of preparing the session and then delivering the sessions. So two 90 minute sessions usually per age group. And then we go from there. Um, we do have like different streams as well. So we do have like, you know, the prospects and the pre-prospects and then future caps would be our really younger ones, you know, from six or seven. But then we also have like a caps to college kind of stream, which is, um, you know, with those more competitive players at 13, well, 15 all the way up to 18 are training two or three times a week. They're going to tournaments in the States or in Vancouver or wherever to, to compete. And then with the hopes that, you know, scouts or, you know, for universities in the States or in Canada, you know, pick them or, you know, get in touch with them and then invite them out for a trial or whatever it is. So that's the idea there. Brendan, so you, you moved up to Canada, um, and I know recently you just got a promotion kind of with the Whitecaps. Yeah. Um, can you talk us through, you know, what, what that promotion means uh, and as regards the football side of it and the move, obviously? Yeah. So, basically, um, there, there was just a little bit of change, I think, in terms of, of clientele or, or, sorry, staff in, in Kelowna, BC, which is in the Okanagan region, um, you know, about four, four hours outside of Vancouver. But... but um, Basically, there was an opportunity that arisen, and you know, I, I was kind of kind of based on performance. I suppose I was put into that. I was put into position that you know to be offered that role, and I just took it. Um, now, in terms of the role, it'll basically be the same kind of role. It's just a bigger area um, in the Okanagan. It would cover from you know, Penticton all the way up to to Vernon. I think is uh, kind of the area, and maybe Kamloops as well. But it's basically uh, just a bigger academy center, bigger city. And, you know, we're running programs probably for, on the community side and then, you know, pre-prospects, which would be looking to get into the MLS Academy. And then obviously the Capsa College would also probably have a stream as well. We also uh, would be working with different clubs there as well in terms of coach education, 
and you know that sort of thing as well. The the level of player, I'm assuming this area is a bigger area now. It's closer towards Vancouver, so yeah. bigger city, but uh, you know more players to pull from, more players to work with. Exactly, yeah. Kind of the the area I'm in, I was in before is uh, more of a hockey town in that sense, but. You know, you still get the, the diamond in the rough in a sense. I'm not saying the crown works bad or anything, but you know yourself. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, they're, they're definitely bigger population, so there's going to be better players. Uh, and from there, you know, it's quite exciting because, you know, you always want to be working with better players wherever you are. Of course, yeah. No, I mean, listen, yeah, it's, it seems like it's an exciting move. Um, you know, smaller town. Obviously, I, I know that uh, you did great work in that small town, and, and it's it's an exciting to be getting over to to working with uh, better players. That's uh, that's a, it's a great move. No, looking like really looking forward to it, and you know, there's quite a lot of opportunities to go out there, and it's 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 a quite a big city as well. So I'm pretty happy. Brennan, the but the the Whitecaps Academy philosophy. Can you go into some detail of? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, We've we've got like a new coach educator coming in. I think um, it's Vanny Sartini. He's he's the assistant coach, so he's coming in to to lead kind of our method. I think it's our methodology kind of system. And um, so there's a little bit of change, but from what what we've done before, you know, we do have a, an emphasis on like process in the game. Um, we do look at play well. You know, from before we we've been looking at you know a four three three or a four four. You know, we we kind of got freedom in the sense of what what system we're using but we're looking to play a certain style of play. Um, you know, we don't, we don't really compromise that style in a sense. We, we, we try and persevere um, and encourage players kind of to, to solve problems on the field, you know, whether that's playing out from the back by dribbling, you know, turning, we're, we're trying to get players to play at that level, you know. Well, what, what would be then the goals of the academy if, if a player comes to you at the start of the year in an academy, what, what would be their goal at the end of the year? With your role, I don't work. I don't work directly in the actual MLS academy, um, so I can only speak from what I, I work with the players from my sense. But group, you know, yeah, yeah. the idea for us is there's a HP like a high-profile prospect kind of tournament that happens in Vancouver, and we'd be training those kids in the sense of, you know, we want them to be competent dribblers. We want them to be able to, you know, pass, dribble, receive, all that sort of stuff, shoot. But we also want them to be, you know, to have those little mentality things in terms of, you know, they. They're positive on the ball. They want to want to do the right thing, um, you know. So there is, I suppose, we're we're looking for game changers in the sense of players that are going to come on and make things happen, you know, kind of out of no, nothing in a sense. But they have the ability to do that, you know. Yeah. No. And then from from your time of when you come over to your masters to Canada up until now, how would you describe how Canada football is growing and what have you seen from your time there in the sense of change? For the better, yeah, um, you know, it was interesting for me from the first. You know, when I first came in, it was kind of like academy stuff, and it was it was a bit more of a recreational club in in La Salle. So it was kind of like you you did they do the whole game activity game or whole per whole kind of methodology, um, where you know you play a game which look what looks like a game, some sort of a, you know, it could be two two goals or two two lines or whatever it is or two zones, and then you do an activity and then go into a game again to see if that, that learning has taken place. I think that methodology is still in place, but it was interesting going from a recreational side then into like a more competitive side in the OPDL and the level that they're looking to, to get those academy teams in the OPDL, you know, from you'd be assessed, you know, they, uh, Ontario Soccer would come out and assess you based on your game day. So they, they'd look at how you prepare in the sense of, you know, what you do in your pre-warm-up, 
who's working with who? Is your assistant working with this? Do you have a goalkeeper coach or do you the team manager? What are they doing? And then all the way through to, you know, your behavior on the sideline, how you're coaching, coaching points you make at the intervals. And, and from there, it was like a massive, massive, like massive improvement, I think. Um, obviously, then on the, you know, the international level, I think John Herdman has come in and done a good job um, in incorporating like an Excel program and the Rex program on the girls' side. And I think he's brought the same across to the boys. So, you know, it's only on, on the way up, I think, in Canada for now. Um, Brendan, so, I mean, that sounds, uh, that's good insight, like, you know, how they, they, they come out and assess you and, you know, it, it definitely, you can definitely see Canadian uh, football is, is growing heavily um, over the last couple of years. So just to continue off what Dara talked about there and the growth of Canadian football, um, Canadian Premier League, uh, you know, even, even you look at the growth of the other clubs, uh, Montreal and, and, and different clubs, uh, Toronto, uh, now the Canadian Premier League. Um, how important is that for the growth of the Canadian uh, football in having pathways now for the players? Yeah, it's, it's really, really important because sometimes, you know, it's such a vast country here as well. So, you know, having, whether it's our Whitecaps Academy centres around the country and then having a route for them, whether it's college or lifelong learning or into, you know, the Canadian Premier League or then onto the MLS, like it's massive. It's massive for the country. If we don't have it, then, you know, it's, we're always going to be playing catch up with the States and then, and, you know, obviously over in Europe, but yeah, like I think it really is, you know, it's on the way up and, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's important for the area for sure. It's definitely important for Canada, Canada soccer. Brendan, um, you've talked a lot about maybe mentors and advisors and people that have helped you along the way through the courses, um, maybe through the roles that, that the people now you work with, um, what advice do you have for young coaches um, starting out about thinking about coaching in America, USA? What, what, was, what are kind of your three tips that you would say? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's, that's a good question. And it's obviously like a lot, of, a lot of people are, you know, from Ireland, there's more and more that we're looking over this side because there's a real opportunity to make a career out of, you know, coaching. Um, and, you know, I, I, I say, I, I joke about it all the time. I, I don't see myself as really having a job. You know, in that sense, because, you know, you're doing something that you love and, you know, back home, you'd be working on, you know, construction sites or whatever it is, you know, it's hard work. And I don't see it as the same over here in, in a different way. You know, you're not like hurting yourself. But um, t tips I would give for young coaches. First one would be to, you know, to try and get a degree in a, in a, in a program that's related to it. Um, I know the IT Carlo have the, the FAI programs down there, the sports management with which in, involves doing the UEFA B, I believe, in that degree. So I think that's a fantastic if, – if you've got insights of, of going on to coach straight away, I know there's probably some good players out there that still want to play, um, but I still think it's a great route in that sense. Um, you know, so that's the first thing is you look at your education. Can you get onto your licensing as soon as possible? Um, because it, it really is – it's a fantastic insight into, you know, even from Jay and from, from the boys, like in terms of how they prepare for international matches, how they do the tryouts, all that process. It's, it's really, really fantastic. Second one would be to get on the field, get the, you know, get, get the, the boots dirty in a way, um, you know, whether it's volunteering with your local club or, you know, helping out with a brother's team or whatever it is, try and get your, you know, your, your, your boots dirty in that way, you know, um, the paid job is not always going to come straight away. You know, you might have to do that stupid job that you don't like, but then you can get on the field. It gives you that opportunity to do it. 
And then the third one, um, I would say, you know, try and keep learning. Um, you know, even even after you've finished your license and just continue to like watch the game, you know, um, you know, if you can, you know, just watch as many coaches as you possibly can as well. And I suppose that's, if I could be cheeky and add a fourth one, it would be, you know, network, network, network. Um, you know, I know that the US, uh, I think it's the NSCAA, they have their, their, their yearly meet up in whether it's Philadelphia or, you know, I think it was supposed to be California last year. Um, but yeah, like those networking opportunities are massive. And the more people, you know, kind of the, the more opportunities you have, because, you know, you might get that interview, whereas you might not get the interview if you don't know someone, you know. Yeah, no. So, so you've talked about kind of some tips there. Who, who would be your mentors and how, how did you meet them or, or what's your relationship with them? Yeah, so I'd say I've got two, two in particular, I, I, you know, that I've, I've looked up to and I've also, you know, I've, I've bounced ideas off them. And, and the first one would be Scotty Miller from uh, Perth. Well, he, was, he, he worked with Coburn City in Perth. And um, he, he basically, when I was over there coaching the U18s and the NPL, I'd be able to, he, he'd have no problem with me sitting on the bench with the first team. Um, you know, I could see his, his team talks, you know, everything. If I ever have any, like, any questions at all, I can just literally, you know, call him. He's, he's at the touch of a phone, you know. Um, the second one would be Gareth Barker, who, yeah. while I was doing my A license, I was in California. I was working with LA Galaxy Orange County. And uh, he really helped me in the sense of, I was kind of working with um, younger players, I suppose, younger teams. So I didn't really have the, the, the players that I needed to do to, to finish that A license part of my course. And I, it was just halfway through the course, I, I got a new job. So that's why, why it kind of, it worked like that. It's not that, you know, I got special treatment or anything. Um, but Gareth found me the team that I could work with. And then he would literally break down the session. He recorded it, break it down, and then give me the feedback on it. And then he'd give me, you know, a plan that he would have done or like some sort of an idea for a game that he would have done with, the players to kind of get out what I wanted from the session. Um, so those two come to mind straight away. Yeah, they're, they're two good, good references. Um, so for me, um, obviously I've been in the university game for uh, a number of years here in the States. I've you know, been afforded to travel. One thing I love when I travel, whether it be I was in Japan last year, I love to look at the differences of the football we grew up with. Um, then obviously how Ireland has changed in the football and the US or wherever. So you talked about California, you talk about Canada, you talk about Ireland and you talk about Australia. <clears throat> what are the types of differences you see um, within these uh, football cultures? Um, you know, like for me, when I went to Japan, I, I was blown away by the, they never lose the football. They, their respect level after the trainings, they clean up. Like there was, you could tell this was the way they did things. Like, was there any, have you seen anything in, you know, uh, Canada? I mean, obviously, um, you know, we've been there a few years or Australia or have yeah, you been back to uh, Ireland? You know, how has it changed? What have you seen? Yeah, like in, in Australia, I really like their model at the, the National Premier League level because, so basically it's based on your first team. So if the first team, you know, gets promoted or relegated, then the reserves of that team will get promoted or relegated regardless if they win the league or not. And then the same with the U18s. And the way the games work is like 11 o'clock, you know, the 18s will play, one o'clock the reserves play, and then three o'clock is the first team. So it really allows the, you know, the, the first team coach to actually look and observe, you know, the U18s 
you know, is there anyone there that's, you know, ready to make the jump up to the reserves or even the first team if, if he's looking at that? And then the same with the reserves. And, you know, that for me, I thought was really, really, you know, insightful because a lot of the time, the, sometimes there's a disconnect between sometimes the academy and, you know, the first team and the reserves. Yeah. So I thought from, you know, F Football Federation Australia, I thought that was really well worked. Um, in, you know, in the States, I was kind of, you know, in California, it was kind of funny in the sense that, you know, you're watching these house league clubs and, and there's parents running up and down the field and they're yelling at their kids. And, you know, I was kind of, that kind of, you know, blew me away a little bit because you know, I, I knew it was kind of crazy, but I didn't realize it was that crazy. Um, you know, so in that sense, like just the intensity, I suppose, of the, of the sport, whether it's U7s or U18s all the way up to senior in the States is crazy, like crazy. Yeah. So, I, you know, that makes me laugh in a sense. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, you know, in Canada, I, I do like the, it's quite, um, you know, the Canada soccer did do like a couple of presentations over, over um, you know, COVID times uh, with, with John Herdman and, and all the rest. And it was there, you know, it's it brilliant to see their, like their philosophy, how they want to play, the different, you know, they play like sometimes they'll play with high fullbacks. Sometimes they'll drop the fullbacks back in. So it was interesting kind of to see his philosophy and what he wants to do with, you know, the, the senior Canadian national team from there. Yeah, that's uh, it's always one of the things I look for when I travel is can I pick out something that's different? <clears throat> uh, you know, whether it would be then the, the Latino culture or the Japanese or, or uh, different like, uh, parts of Europe, you know, yeah, you go up to yeah. Scandinavia, it's it's different. They're in domes and the cold, and the kids are, you know, it's just there's a lot of different cultures we wouldn't have been used to growing up in Ireland. You, you know, uh, things things have changed a lot too over there. So it's it's just always great to see uh, when we travel and, and kind of look at different cultures. But Brendan, uh, last question for me. Um, so you know, move to Canada, you know, new role, moving towards Vancouver, um, you know. Talk to us about your goals in this new role and have, uh, you know, I think in the past you've put, you've got players into the academy. Is that one of the goals to keep trying to push yeah. kids in? So, um, first thing in the area, like we, we were kind of, um, we're just working with the technical contracts. So we're looking at, you know, going in there, doing a few free sessions for them, you know, getting them to see what we're about and the professionalism of the program. Um, but in terms of myself and my goals, the first one would be to improve the, you know, the Whitecaps brand name in, in Kelowna and kind of spread the programs and, you know, make sure that the level is as high level as it possibly can from the professionalism off the field as well as on the field. Um, you know, from there, it's looking to improve players no matter what the level, whether it's, you know, recreational, you know, house league stuff, which would be kind of, you know, our pre-academy stuff and then all the way to our prospects you know, making sure that we can maximize every player's development in that system. Um, you know, uh, in, in terms of another one of my goals would be to improve the quality of coaches in the area. So that would be my coach education role. I'm currently doing my learning facilitator to hopefully be able to deliver, you know, those beginner courses, but also up to the C license level, which would be great for me as well. You know, my own personal goals. Um, and then, you know, obviously, as you said, another one would be to identify and develop talent to then go on to the MLS Academy. Um, you know, you know, you know, you and yourself, but he's over in Calgary and he's brought eight players through, I believe, um, you know, this year alone, just into the MLS Academy. So 
for me, it'd be similar. I'd like to, to push three or four players maybe to go on and play at that level. Um, if they're in our programs, then that's, that's the best way to do it. And, and some of those players will have played Whitecaps from, from, you know, those summer camps when they're four or five years old. So, you know, that's, that's always nice to, to, think, to think about as well. Um, in terms of other stuff for myself, you know, I'm closer to the academy, so it'll be nice to be able to go over there, get a few get visits in with whether it's, you know, the U15s, the U16s, the U19s, you know, all the way up to the first team. That's, that's another great thing about this new role. Great stuff. So as as um, as one as wandering Irishmen we are around the world, we, we still we still look at home. Uh, what what's the how closely do you follow the, the the Irish football and what do you think of the current state of everything? Um, you know Steve Kenny coming in was a good good addition, I believe. You know, um, it's nice to see him kind of trying to play out and you know the the, the very much looks like it's, it's his playing philosophy and he. You know, he wants to play a certain way. So that's nice to see. Um, I think as well as that, it's, he'll, he'll, he'll give those youngsters a bit of a chance as well and in terms of stepping into those positions in with the Irish senior national team. Um, in terms of underage football in, in, you know, the international setup, you know, with Jay and, and all the boys, it's, it's, it's exciting to watch those teams as well. You know, the U21s. You know, the U19s, U17s, they've all been doing, performing pretty well in any of the European or the, the international stages, you know, with, within their age group. So that, that's exciting to see. In terms of Electricity League, I've kind of, it's been hard for me to, to find a link. I don't know, over in, in uh, Canada, but I, I haven't really followed it as much as I probably should. Um, but in, on, in terms of the international stage, it's, it's, it's great to see, I think, Kenny come in. I don't know what you think about that as well. Yeah, it's exciting times. It's uh, definitely, definitely exciting times. We we all have to keep up with it. But listen, Brendan, it was great to have you on. I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, it sounds like an exciting role. I mean, we'll be we'll be definitely watching out and see if you can push a few players uh, into the academy in, in in the MLS. It's exciting times with Canadian football, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best in uh, in your role. Cheers for having me, Andrew. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks no problem. On. Thanks, Brendan.